Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Here's a question for you. How did political polarization take over American life? How did political polarization take over American life? Let's back up. Do you, do you agree with the premise of that question? It's a question that comes up every few years. It's, it's a cyclical question. It's like one of those uh, perennial debates. Uh, is flag burning protected by uh, the First Amendment? You know, it depends on who you ask. Are we here in the United States? Are we uh, too divided? Are we more divided than we have ever been in the past? The answer to that first question is I, I, uh, I don't support flag burning. All right. Not at all. <laughs> the second question, how did political polarization take over American life? I think we got lazy. I think that as we have developed frustrations, mainly due to uh, the, the coronavirus and the fact that we're all cooped up, I think uh, that we have uh, looked for ways to express that frustration. We have done so uh, by uh, creating teams, us versus them. And so we find that the manifestation of those created teams is that every single decision and position we take finds itself rooted in politics. Now, what am I talking about? Scott Rasmussen, you know him, right? He, uh, he's a big shot political pollster. He's a frequent guest on Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. And he recently wrote and described something that he and his wife did. They moved. For some time, they've lived in New York City, Manhattan, I believe. And recently, like within the past few weeks, they moved from New York City to Florida. And as they discussed this move with their friends and colleagues and coworkers and even family members, uh, Scott was surprised to see that everyone, everyone in their response to the announcement of this move believed that it was done in an effort to in an effort to uh, express some sort uh, of political view, right? That Scott's views must be that living life in the People's Republic of New York under the thumb of Mayor de Blasio and Governor Cuomo was just too great and that no longer would his uh, taxes be paid to support uh, the tyrannical government of New York and that to flee uh, to Florida uh, was an act of liberation to a place where uh, ideals and attitudes are more closely in line. No, actually, it turns out he wanted some weather, right? He, he, he and his wife, uh, they've been planning this move for a long time. It has nothing to do with politics. They want to get closer to the beach. Why then was it the assumption made by every one of his friends uh, with whom he spoke was that this move was a political one? In the opening line of his opinion piece, he writes that one of the most depressing aspects of 21st century life in America is the absolute politicization of everything. Of everything. And I have witnessed it myself. And I would go a step further beyond what Mr. Rasmussen has to say here. It's not just depressing. I think it's dangerous. I think it's dangerous. 
I'll get to why I think it's dangerous in just a moment, but another example shared by, uh, by Scott was this. So I, I told you he's a pollster, and he recently uh, did some polling about whether or not Major League Baseball should resume. The question, very basically, uh, should Major League Baseball uh, commence again? And would you believe it that the responses as to whether or not yes, open, or no, don't open, were divided exactly along political lines? Republicans felt this way. Democrats felt that way. Republicans, open, play ball. Democrats, no, 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 not quite time. How is that possible? How is it possible for that line to be so stark, with nearly no exception? Remember the days uh, when you had friends or coworkers and you had no idea of their political leanings? Yeah, those were the good old days for a number of reasons. I, I remember, I have lifelong friends. Friends who I uh, met on the first day of kindergarten. And we have stayed in contact uh, as we have all gone our separate ways and uh, gotten jobs and had families and moved here and there. And we remain in close contact. Technology has afforded us that luxury. Uh, text messaging and uh, voice memos and video chat. I've maintained some of those friendships and, and been able to completely avoid the topic of politics for our entire friendship. Unfortunately, those numbers are dwindling. And it's a sad thing. Uh, I, I think it's dangerous for this reason. There was a time where there was much more overlap amongst those who identified themselves as conservative and liberal. And that overlap, that space in between, is where good ideas emerge. That is where compromise is forged. That is where, when there is impasse in Congress, as there is now on this uh, unemployment stuff, that overlap was the laboratory for progress and innovation. And it's changed over time. Pew uh, has done some research on this over uh, the past uh, few decades. And they show uh, graphically and numerically how uh, those who identify as Democrat have had I I decreasingly or decreasing overlap with the views held by those who are Republican. The median Democrat view compared to the median Republican view, has moved further and further from each other. And that's a dangerous thing. It's a dangerous thing because we uh, find ourselves at the impasses in which we are left right now in Washington, D.C. Maybe you uh, were relying on that $600 check. Maybe you right now are uh, unable to uh, make the payments on your home and uh, you and the kids are uncertain as to where uh, you'll be staying here shortly. There are proposals from both sides of the aisle right now which would address that question and take care of you. And yet the impasse has led us uh, to stagnate and sit still. We need to think more. They need to think more in Washington. And I'd like to see uh, a little less uh, political uh, connection between the decisions we make, the cars we drive, 
the sports we watch, the TV shows we uh, watch, the books we read, the stores we visit. And so I'll ask you to call in. Have you seen... Have you seen and been surprised to see politics inserted in certain uh, areas of your life? What have you done to combat that? Do you have a rule in your home where you don't talk about politics or when the family gets together, you don't talk about politics? What has surprised you most to see politics inserted? Is it sports? Sports brands like Nike? How about uh, automobiles? I I think for the most part, automobiles have stayed pretty clean. I I I drive a Buick. Uh, does that put me into some kind of uh, political pot? I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> but give me a call, will you? Uh, the number is 801-575-TALK, 801-575-8255. I want to know how you have uh, been surprised uh, by seeing politics inserted in certain realms of life, or how have you avoided it? How have you remained clean of the stain of political bickering? 801 575 talk 801-575-8255 your calls next on live mike i'm lee lonsberry and this is ksl news radio welcome back to live mike i'm lee lonsberry in just a moment we are going to take your calls i'll remind you the number is 801-575-8255 the question is where have you seen politics inappropriately inserted into your life and what have you done to avoid that where do you look around and see, oh, my gosh, I wish this wasn't a political issue. Why did politics have to make it into, uh, say, my sports uh, or my food or my grocery stores or the decisions that I make or the way uh, that I hang out with my friends? Call in. Talk to me about it. 801-575-8255. Before we get to uh, your calls, though, I have a, a bit of breaking news here, and it comes from the world of sports. The Big Ten Conference has announced that uh, they will postpone uh, 2021 fall sports. The the fall sports season will be postponed. Statement coming from Big Ten says, the conference announced the postponement of the 2020-2021 fall sports season, including all regular season contests and Big Ten championships and tournaments due to ongoing health and safety concerns related to the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, That statement uh, goes on for a while, talks uh, at greater length to uh, or about the, the, the science that they looked at, the medical personnel they have consulted, and information uh, on this breaking news available to you at kslsports.com. But the news is this. Big Ten has postponed uh, football in the fall, and they're targeting uh, spring season. We'll see if they can pull that off. Uh, information, again, available at kslsports.com. All right, back to the topic at hand. There has been a shift in how prevalent politics has become in our life and and the reason i bring it up i I know i'm a talk show host right so i should revel i should revel in the fact that we uh are are debating all the time and uh that there are so many varied points of view well the truth is there really aren't that many varied points of view there is this way and that way there is left and there is right and that somehow uh has permeated every facet of life every facet of life and who, who's to blame? Is it the president? Is it marketers? Is it Joe Biden? I don't know. Let's take a quick listen to some uh, to some words shared by politicians in the past, and then we're going to jump on the line with Israel from Mill Creek. I'm looking forward to that conversation. Here is Bob Dole's acceptance speech. 
1996 GOP National Convention. Here, uh, Bob Dole is contrasting himself uh, with his opponent, Bill Clinton. This is not the outlook of my opponent. And he is my opponent, not my enemy. Did you hear that subtle distinction? He is my opponent, not my enemy. He is my opponent, not my enemy. Those two words are not synonymous. You may oppose something, but you don't need to esteem it your enemy. Now, uh, jumping ahead about 20 years, here is Hillary Clinton in a similar uh, vein, uh, participating in a presidential debate. She was asked who she regarded as her enemy. In addition to the NRA, um, the health insurance companies, the drug companies, um, the Iranians, um, <laughs> probably the Republicans. <laughs> now, did you get that? She took a step forward. She didn't have... Uh, the same attitude or understanding uh, of the relationship between those with opposing views. They're not enemies, okay? They're opponents, sure. All right, uh, to the phones. Uh, Israel, my guest from Mill Creek, uh, how are you? Hi, how are you, Lee? I'm well. Thank you for calling in. Talk to me about uh, politics and where you see it inserted in your life. Oh, my goodness. Unfortunately, in the school where my kids go and try and get an education, uh, it's been unfortunate for me to see, not all, but that some teachers that, that my kids have had as part of their education have an inability to be able to present two different points of view without showing uh, an unbiased uh, or, or a biased, actually, uh, position on one or the other point of view. Mm -hmm. And then for my kids to be able to see how passionate maybe that teacher is about uh, supporting so-and-so, uh, and not being able to balance both so that the kids can make a decision on both points of view and what's better for their life and their own criteria. I mean, to the point that uh, when Donald Trump won, my, my uh, son in elementary school had to witness his elementary teacher crying in the classroom in front of all the kids because Donald Trump won the election. Mm. And so to me, like you said earlier, that is dangerous, that we have gone to a point where we cannot present two different points of view without being able to allow the other individual to have a sincere way to just make a decision on what's best for them. What was the conversation like when, uh, when your child came home and they reported that uh, you know, Mr. or Mrs. So-and-so from school today was crying uh, when President Trump was elected? What did you, as a, as a dad, how, how did you explain uh, the, the circumstance and your frustration to your child? Well, I, I, I have to first tell my son, I said, you know what, there's people obviously that were uh, supporting the previous candidate, Hillary Clinton, and they have their own reasons and ideas why they wanted to support them. But they all ran a campaign. They all had their chance to present their different ideas of, of the, the course of our country and how to run our country. And Donald Trump won by, by an election, a fair election, or what we consider to be a fair election so far. Um, and so we were able to say that and say, uh, unfortunately, your teacher obviously took it very wrong. And, and that's her uh, that's her right to be disappointed because she was going after a different candidate. Uh, but that doesn't mean that she's a bad person. It just means that she did not have, again, the, I guess, emotional intelligence to make sure that maybe she kept some of those emotions out of the classroom and maybe even make some comments against the opposing candidate that were probably not very, uh, very nice in front of the kids. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, how are things going as you uh, get closer to school restarting now? Uh, are, will, you, will your children be back in the classroom? Are you in a remote learning place? Uh, how's that process going for your family? 
We're going to stay remote learning. My wife, unfortunately, is at a high-risk uh, kind of category because of an illness, and so we're going to have to stay home and kind of ride it out as much as we can. I mean, and get get used to this new way of learning. That's that's what we just got to do. This, this this virus is not going to go away, and we should all come to terms with that. It may be able to decrease in the numbers of, of people affected, but it's not going to entirely go away, and we need to be able to just lead our lives and, and deal with it. Yeah. What, what, what lessons did you learn from the springtime in terms of effectively teaching uh, your children that you could share with, with parents who are in a similar situation as yours, either by uh, decision made by the school district or by circumstance, as is the case in your home, uh, who, who will be teaching uh, the, this fall? I think what we learned is that we have to keep a schedule for the kids. we got to continue to make them feel like they have things that they have to be doing at a certain time of the day. Uh, I think the days where we just decided to let them decide when they were going to do the work and that whether we're going to go and pay attention or, or be participating with the rest of the peers, that, that's the point where maybe they lost some um, ability or opportunity to interact with their uh, teachers and their peers uh, regarding the subjects they're supposed to be learning about. So I think a structure and a schedule is going to be necessary. Obviously, some of us that may be able to work from home and those that cannot, right, may, may have different challenges in being able to implement that. But, but this is what we have to come to terms with as parents. Uh, the, our schools are not uh, glorified daycare centers, whether it's for smaller children or older children or teenagers. We, we have to take an active uh, role in being able to help our kids learn and be part of that interaction with their teachers as best as we can. Israel, thank you so much uh, for chatting with me today. Thank you for your wise attitude and the uh, service you are offering your children. I wish the best to your family uh, and your wife's health, all right? Thank you, Lee. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Uh, cool stuff. Uh, I very much appreciated that conversation. A few more moments here. If you'd like to weigh in on this question of how has politics inappropriately uh, made its way into your life? Where have you been surprised to see politics inserted? And what have you done to combat it? 801-575-8255. Just a few moments left before we uh, go to a news break. But let me say this in parting. I, I get, again, I'm in the business of talking. All right, it's a talk show, uh, and I very much uh, get a lot of uh, talk show fodder uh, when there is dis disagreement. If you remember just yesterday, how much time did we spend talking to uh, Senator Romney and uh, Representative Curtis about the impasse which exists right now in Congress? While it does occupy much of the conversation here on this program, uh, please know always that it frustrates me to no end. Please know uh, that I want to see compromise. I want to see those who are in Washington right now uh, viewing one another as opponents and not enemies. An opponent is someone with whom you are competing, competing in the, uh, the realm of ideas. An enemy is someone you want to destroy and defeat. We shouldn't look to the other side of the aisle and come up with tactics on how to destroy and defeat those we see. We should allow our ideas to compete with theirs. That's how innovation comes about. That's how progress is made. And that's how uh, parents like Israel, who is so nice enough to call in uh, and share the woes that he's observed in the classroom, that's how uh, good, fair, uh, balanced presentation of facts and progress are made. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, I'm very much looking forward to this. We're going to be uh, discussing uh, former Governor John Kasich's recent announcement that he, a Republican, 
will be delivering remarks at the Democratic National Convention. Why is he doing it? How does he defend that? Uh, what does he hope to get from it? We'll break that down next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.